haven't talked to anyone really that uh, other than talk to Mandy, and she wasn't able to be here Friday about what took place at the end. But the Lord started really teaching me something in that moment at the end about rest. And, it, and the Lord told me He wants us to talk about the rest of the Lord today. How many people want the rest of God? Well, you just live in that place of rest and the peace of God. Uh, you know, sometimes how many have ever found that place before? You've been there before, like. You, you've been there. You know it's a real place. <laughs> yeah, and we were, this morning, we felt it. As, as Nia was singing and as the worship team was leading, I just felt the peace of the Lord, the rest of God come into place. Did you know that, like, He doesn't want it to be a place we visit? He doesn't want it to be a vacation place for us. He wants it to be our home. And, um... I'm going to go ahead and read a lot of this scripture in Hebrews. But if you'll open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 4, that's where we're going to open up. <clears throat> and I'm going to really try to tie this thing together and set my minds at ease today. I really feel the Lord wants to set people's minds at rest. But Hebrews chapter 4. I love, if you haven't heard Matt's uh, sermon from last week, go to the website. We'll have CDs of it available this next week coming up, but go to the website and listen to it. It was an awesome job. Matt, I appreciate you and what you bring to our church. I really do. The way you look at stuff, thank you. Seriously, thank you, Matt. Seriously. You help us all look at things from a different perspective, and, and it helps us. And you're so valued here in what you see and how you hear the voice of the Lord and communicate it to us. It's good for us, and I just want you to know that I want to tell you that publicly. And so those that were here, you know what I'm talking about. If you weren't and you haven't heard it, go to the website and listen to it. Get, go on iTunes and go to our podcast and, and download it. Um, it's right there. And, and uh, so just wanted to tell you that publicly. So we love you, Matt. And Hebrews chapter 4, <clears throat> it says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, Let us be careful that none of us be found to have fallen short of it. (laughs) That's a mouthful right there. I I, I really could just stop right there, but he goes on and explains what he's saying in that way that Paul explains things. Like Matt said, don't talk like Paul because it's so deep and hard to understand. Talk more like Moses. It's just plain talk, you know. (laughs) But Paul is saying right here, basically he's saying, to the people that knew the law, they heard the scripture that said that these people will never enter into my rest. Did you guys know that the Bible has that verse in there? It says, these people that have disobedience, they'll never enter my place of rest. So Paul is coming to them and he's saying, hey, wait a second. Since the promise of entering his rest is still available to us, don't anyone fall short of it. Don't miss out on the opportunity to enter into this place of rest. He says, For we also have heard the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not add faith to what they heard. The only reason that the people of disobedience, and the people that he's speaking of, Old Testament times, Old Covenant times, the only reason they did not enter into the rest of God is because when they heard the word of the Lord, they didn't add faith to what they heard, so they got no value from the word of God. 
Okay, really, you have to hear this. This is such an important point. If we don't hear the Word of God and add faith to it, then we don't get the sustenance and the strength from what He said to us. We cut it off because we don't add faith to it. But when I hear what He has to say, and I say, Lord, I love what you just said. I may not, how many have ever had God say something to you and you didn't fully understand it? All the time. It's like He speaks to us with such huge words. Like every word has a million meanings to it and depth to it that we can't even understand, right? And so as we begin to hear him speak, like he, we, we may not understand the fullness of it. We may not even, it may not even be for where we're at right now, but he's prophesying for our future. That doesn't mean we don't add faith to it when we hear the word. It means that we say, okay, Lord, I hear what you're saying and I value what you're saying and I know that it's vital to my existence to, to step into the fullness of what you're calling me into. I know that you sent this word from, from my future back to my present so that I can get to where you see me in the future. So I want to take this word and hide it in my heart. I believe it. Now help me to understand it. Now help me to live it out, right? And so it's Paul saying, look, the word didn't mean anything to them because they didn't value it. They didn't add faith to it. He's saying, don't do that because God's got a blank check available to you right now. It's a place called rest. I should, I'm just going to read the whole chapter real quick, all right? So go with me. So verse 3 says, Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God said. And then he quotes the Old Testament scripture that says, I declare on my oath in my anger that they will never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day... God rested from his works. Again, in the passage above, he says, they will never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a day and he called it today. This is so deep, like we can't really get into the, the depth of, Hebrews is one of the, the most deep um, uh, insights into the new covenant, and it's really something that we should read often and just devour it, read it and read it and read it, read it over and over and over again, because he says so much in here, he says, God says that there's a certain day set aside for rest, and he says that day is today. Remember the scripture that says, today is the day of salvation, now is the year of the Lord's favor. He says, this he did when a long time later he spoke through David. Um, and in a passage that, are, that was already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about a day of rest. Therefore, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. A Sabbath rest, a place of rest for anyone for anyone who enters into uh, enters God's rest also rests from their works. All right, there's a place of rest that's set aside for God's people. The way to access a place of rest is to add faith to the word he speaks to me. When I do that, I enter into the place of rest in a day called today. When I enter into his rest, the need for work stops. 
just as God did from His, we rest from our works. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. And, and isn't it funny we quote this next scripture, you've heard it a million times, and we quote it out of, completely out of the context of everything that he just said. But now take this scripture that you guys know, Hebrews 4.12, it's one of the first scriptures we learn and teach in Sunday school, and, and it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to divide soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And we always pull that, that scripture out and talk about how God's word, it goes deep into us, it makes us come alive. But it's speaking about, it not only makes us come alive, but it enables us to enter into a place called rest. Nothing in all of creation, verse 13, is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before His eyes. To Him, we, to whom we must give an account. And it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. And then it says this, and this is the last verse and we'll go into it. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. All of that is in a place called rest. The place called rest. The work and the effort and the toil and the striving and the, and the warfare that takes place for us to enter into an encounter with God is the only work, strife, warfare that's required once we have an encounter with Him. In other words, let's take a picture of the woman with the issue of blood. She knew that if she could just have an encounter with Jesus, then she would find rest. So she went through work, strife, crawling through a crowd of people that was so tight, it was like sardines, just pressing in on Jesus so much so that everyone was pressing in on everyone and there was no room. And she worked and used effort and toiled her way through the crowd. And that was the work that was required to bring her to an encounter. Every one of us, we work and we toil and we, we, we have this place of strife before we come into an encounter with God. But once she encountered God, and once you and I encounter Him, all of the striving, all of the warfare that we know is warfare, it ends and we enter into a place called rest. Alright? I want you to listen to this, okay? This is so important. Before we have an encounter with God, we have to fight, we have to drag our way through, because our will and His will are in opposition to each other. You want to know why it's so much work, so much stress when you're going through something to a new level. Because our present understanding, our present anointing, our present um, grasp of the tools He's given us don't yet match up with the tools and the place that He's taking us to. So our will and our understanding is not quite synced up with the place that we're going to. So there's tension. 
Are you guys with me? Most people come to that place of tension and quit. Because they think, if it's like this just to get to him, then it's going to be like this to stay with him. And that's not true. I, I am not, I don't believe that when you come to Jesus, all your problems are over. Because we were made to conquer stuff. And if I don't have any issues and mountains or things around me to conquer, then I'm missing out on my whole existence. My purpose for existence is to conquer stuff. So I don't believe that you come to Christ and everything's just over and every, it's a bed of roses. But I don't think that it's not like that. <laughs> I believe we live in the tension of both of those things being real. We live in a place of tension. We live in a place where when, when I'm, when, either when I'm trying to get connected to him, I'm having to fight through the crowd and war and strife, or I'm trying to get to that next level in him, I'm having to, to, to press through. But once I get to that place of encounter with him, all the stuff that got me there is useless. You guys listening to me? It doesn't take away the truth of what he's shown me in times past. It just means that now I can earn and I can live in a place of rest rather than in a place of turmoil and strife. It's a place called the rest of the Lord. Before I came into that encounter, my will didn't match his will. But once I encounter him, we are synced up. Our flesh longs to reproduce flesh. And his spirit wants to reproduce spirit. That's the tension. I've seen so many people give their heart to the Lord. And things are really good for a season. How many know what I'm talking about? You, you, even if you've known the Lord, but when you knew that, that new season where you turned back to him in a new way or a deeper way, there's that honeymoon phase where it's like, oh, that's called rest. Then what happens is, the Lord says, okay, you have stewarded your place of rest well. I'm going to give you a larger place of rest. But to go there, there's going to be some tension. And most people drop out on that first, that, that first sign of tension again. Because it becomes a little bit harder than it was before. And what we fail to realize is that I can live through this new place of tension by taking the rest that I just came from. I don't have to strive my way to the next place that God wants me to go to. I don't have to warfare my way and cause war and struggle and, and fight to go to the level of, 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 of increase the Lord wants to take me to. Because my will is no longer in opposition to His will. I hope I can get this all out. Before... Our wills were in opposition. Therefore, that was what created the tension. When we come to a place of rest, he sinks our will with his will. And we begin to have the mind of Christ. And we begin to desire the things that he desires. And so the tension doesn't come between he and I. The tension comes from going to the next place, the next level.
Once we encounter him and understand rest, we have joined forces with him. I believe with all my heart that one of the defining factors or defining words or ways to describe rest is when my will and God's will suddenly join together. The rest of our Christian life, there will be things that the Lord will require of us that He didn't require of us from a previous time. There will also be seasons where He does not require certain things from us that He requires from us at other seasons. The key for us to get, and I'm going to take my time. I thought I'm going to take my time. The key for this, for us to understand is I'm not at war with Him. I'm not at, I don't have to beg Him to take me to the next level of increase. He wants me to go there more than I could ever want to go there. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that there won't be different things required of me through different seasons. The, where rest comes in is when the Lord says, Jared, I require this of you now that I haven't required of you before. Out of rest, I just say, yes, Lord. The tension will always come. The opposition will always come when I don't say yes to him. It's called friction. And most people walk away from their relationship with God when friction comes. Because we don't understand that we didn't use the rest that we just attained that was that honeymoon phase, and we don't use that same place of rest as we go to the next season. Because all of a sudden, we've allowed, we've allowed our will to get out of balance with His will, and the friction is caused because we didn't say yes to His yes. And I, and I want you to hear today, and the Lord wants us to understand that He wants us to live in a place of rest, that the place where where tension is never between he and I. Warfare is never between us and him. Warfare is, is always between whatever stands between us and what he said is ours. And the freedom that comes from rest, the peace that comes from rest, is knowing that God is for me and he's not in opposition, he's not against me. And if God is for me, then what, what does it matter what opposition is out here? He already prophesied. He already sent his word over me and said that that place belongs to me. Then why do I fear the warfare that it takes to go to that place? Why do I fear the tension that may come into my life that's required for me to live in that place? See, God doesn't, this tension that comes isn't because he wants to beat our, beat our will into submission. Doesn't want to destroy our, our, our longing and our, 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 our wanting to do something for him. He, he wants us to come to the place where we... I don't know what else to say. He's for me. He's for you. So when, when this tension and opposition comes, it's not, it's not to hurt us. It's not to, to, to bring us into a place of submission. If, if God has to force anyone into submission, it's not called submission. 
husbands, wives, if we have to force them into submission, if we have to force our kids into submission, it's not called submission. Submission is when two powerful people bow their will to each other. (laughs) So when this tension comes, and we're going to see it at different phases of our lives, and everyone in the room, we're at different seasons, and and every season that's going on in the room is awesome because it's growth. So we never uh, keep score with someone else's season that they're in. Because as long as we're all growing, we're doing good. <laughs> so that's where we don't compare ourselves to other people. You don't do it. Just keep growing. If growth for you means you cut 30 minutes of TV out of your schedule for the week and spend it with God, awesome job. That 30 minutes is, is so beautiful to the Lord. It's a sacrifice. Whereas someone else may not watch TV at all. It doesn't mean that your sacrifice is any less important than their sacrifice. All that matters is that we're letting our will line up with His will, and we just say, yes. And there's no greater place to be than in a place where my will is in connection to His will because it's a place called rest. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, the Lord makes a declaration to the people, and He says, the Lord your God is one. I want you to say that with me. The Lord, your God, is one. All right? In Matt, actually in Mark, chapter 12, verse 28 through 30, Jesus is quoting this old scripture because some of the people came to him and they said, hey, Jesus, what's the most awesome, the greatest commandment? We can't possibly follow all of these hundreds of commands from the law. I mean, I, I think we talked about this a while back, and I mean, I had the exact number, but there's hundreds of these commands, God. We, Jesus, we can't keep them all. You just give us one or two that are the most important, and we'll try to do those. And so they ask him, <laughs> and Jesus replied to him, and he says, he says, this is the greatest commandment, the foremost, the most important. He said, <laughs> he quoted Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to them. He says, hear, O Israel. The Lord your God is one. Then he tells them, and you will love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. In a place of rest, he causes our spirit, our mind, and our body to become one with his. All right, we're going to close it out with this kind of thought because this is the... The place of rest is where I'm not in opposition to God. A place of rest is where I control even my flesh and my mind, not only my spirit, but my spirit, my mind, and my body are all in one in sync with Him. That's what rest is. Amen? In John 17, Jesus is praying, and we even sang it this morning. I told Lisa, good job picking the song. It was like so right on right on cue. And it, it says... Uh, Jesus is praying, John 17, 21. He says that they may all be one, even as you, Father, and I are one. I in you, you in me, that they may also be in us, (laughs) so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I give to them. We get glory? Yep. What do you think we're going to give to him? The glory he gave us, we give it right back to him. 
the glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one. Everyone say one. You guys still with me? Just as we are one. And then he says this, I in them and you in me, that, may, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them the same way you loved me. Jesus wasn't just praying for unity among the believers. He was praying that the believers would come into a place of unity with the Father and the Spirit and the Son, that we would also come into oneness with Him. It's called abiding. Say abiding. <clears throat> when we abide in Him, we're abiding in the place called rest. John 6, verse 63, says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. I want you to know today that the place of rest is a place where he is sinking our spirit, our mind, and our body with his, where we're no longer in opposition with him. You guys still here? When he speaks, we come alive. His words are spirit and life, so when he speaks over us, and we treasure the word of God that he sends to us, and we add faith to what he says, then we enter into a place of rest. That place of rest is a place where our spirit gives birth to spirit, and our flesh stops producing flesh. A place of rest is where the natural cycles and order of the kingdom operate. All right? Plants don't have to fight to reproduce. We don't have to fight to reproduce. <laughs> Animals, there's no striving involved to reproduce. It's natural. In the kingdom, in a place of rest, everything that's natural in the kingdom of God can become natural in our world right here and right now. It cannot happen outside of an atmosphere of rest. Please hear me, okay? This is so important. Many of us, because we, we enjoy the work and we enjoy doing things for God, and there's nothing wrong with working for the Lord, doing things for the Lord. I'm one of the, 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 the biggest, I, I want to do stuff for God all the time. It's just in my heart to do stuff for Him. That can be counterproductive sometimes. Because He may want me to just be with Him. And not do anything, but just be with Him. And if I can learn, if we can learn the place of rest, then we'll live out of that place of rest in our relationship with Him, and things will become natural rather than forced. It takes practice. It takes time. It takes, He's dancing and we're dancing with Him. And He's leading. And it takes a little while for us to figure out His steps and figure out His his, his, uh, the rhythm to it, but as we grow in, in, in rest, then we will begin to naturally produce in our life the things that He says it will produce. And the things that Jesus did when He came to earth will become the same things that we do. 
Nothing happens in the kingdom outside of rest. Hear me, guys. Hear me, everyone here. All of you prayer warriors, all of you people that like to fight in warfare, all of our screaming and praying does not do anything in the kingdom. It just makes us feel better. (laughs) But when I come from a place of rest, every word that I say has all of heaven backing it. Because I'm, I'm in the greenhouse of heaven, the place of rest. Things grow where there's rest. Things don't grow where there's strife. And what the Lord wants us to learn as a church is He wants us to enter a place of rest. He wants us to learn how to stay there and recognize that when we're going from seasons, from seasons of growth to seasons of growth to seasons of growth, from glory to glory to glory, that that tension shouldn't come between God and us, but it should come just in, in the enemy opposing the greatness and the kingdom that God's about to manifest through our lifestyle of obedience. You guys still with me? This is so important. What I'm going to close out. Friday night at the worship night, the thing that happened at the very end was the rest of God came into the It just built up the whole night. Our attention was directed towards him. We were refocused. We were reframing things. We were looking through different eyes through the whole night. And it built up to that moment at the very end where his peace came into the room. How many felt the peace of God? The rest of God. And in that place, things just naturally happen. They're not forced. They're not forced. The kingdom isn't forced. It comes naturally in a place of intimacy, in a place of rest. You guys getting this? Just drive, I want to just keep driving this. It's a place of rest. And now that we've tasted his rest, nothing else satisfies. Nothing else satisfies. Religious busyness doesn't satisfy. How many knows what it feels like when you connect to rest through your religious exercises? Let me know what I'm talking about. When you're praying from a place of rest, when you're reading the Word of God from a place of rest, when you're ministering to other people from a place of rest, how many know what it feel, knows what it feels like to do those things with Christ? And making it happen, causing it to happen. That comes from a mindset that God's in opposition to me and that He really doesn't want this for me unless I really fight for it. And, it, and, and what happens in that mindset is we begin to think, now I have to work for this. And work is the enemy of rest. Everything we do in the kingdom should be as an outflow of rest. I know what it feels like to work and it not feel like work because it's what I love to what I want to do. It doesn't feel like work. Like people say, get a job doing something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. (laughs) And then there are some where we go to work and it's like we're going to the rock quarry and it's just not fun. It's not what we were cut out for. The Lord wants us to learn how to live from a place of rest where when we do things for Him, when we minister to other people, when we preach the Word of God, when we pray, when we read our Bible, when we do the religious things that He's asked asked us to do, it comes from a place of rest, and it doesn't wear us out. There's no weariness in rest. 
There's no burnout and rest. You know, I'm around ministers. I'm from a minister's family. We, you hear the word burnout so often when you're around ministers. It's, it's like, okay, then we're doing something wrong. Because if I can get burnout doing the will of God, then I'm fighting something and I've taken something that He didn't give to me. Because this shouldn't be work. This should not be toil. This should not be effort. Keeping a relationship with God shouldn't be maintenance. Oh, come on, hear me. Hear what I just said. Keeping a right relationship with God shouldn't feel like maintenance, like I'm getting the oil checked and i got to get the tires, you know, pressurized, and it's just going through the checklist. It should never feel like that. If it feels like that, we need to go back to the beginning and do what we did at first. How did we get saved? By grace, through faith. We go back to faith. We go back to the, I didn't do anything to earn this, God. Galatians, who, Galatians 3, I think it says, what is the matter with you guys? Who has bewitched you? you know, how, how come you think that you can start out in the spirit and now you've somehow come back to the flesh? He's like, have you suffered so little and not learned anything, basically? He's like, no. Come back and just live. Spirit gives birth to spirit. Life gives birth to life. Anything outside of that is the opposite. Flesh gives birth to flesh, to work, to toil, to strife, to death, to pain, to suffering. What day did he say was set aside for rest? He called it today. Back then, it's still today. A day to him is... Thousand years, <laughs> thousand years is a day. So don't think that this is impossible. He laughs at stuff like that. How many are picking up what I'm putting down? <laughs> As we learn this, the Lord's going to take us to places we've never dreamed of. And it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be an adventure, and it's going to be like we're just going out on a vacation with the Lord at all times. We may work harder than we've ever worked in our lives, but it's going to feel like it's vacation. Lord, I just, I I ask you right now that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would come and drive this into our hearts. That we would add faith to it so that we can get what you want us to get out of it. Father, I pray that you teach us the unforced rhythms of grace. (laughs) The unforced rhythms of grace. Sink us up. Make us one with you. Why don't you pray that? Just, Lord, make me one with you and the, the Spirit, the Father. Make us one. Now I want you to speak to your spirit, your mind, and your body. All right? I want you to do this. I want you to say, Spirit, sink with His Spirit. Mind, 
sync with his mind. Body, sync with his body. We're going to actually start craving his presence with our bodies. for your neighbor right right there. God, let him enter his rest. God, let us enter rest. I think there's a few, a couple of people here. You're plagued with impatience. <laughs> impatience is the thief of rest. I'll raise my hand for that one. Anyone else? Join me, Lord. No more impatience. <laughs> no more pace, impatience. We replace impatience with patience, with long suffering. Uh, with self-control. Help us to stop looking to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Cure the lust for the next thing. Uh, we are satisfied with you. Uh, we are home. Uh, we're home. What else do we have to do but be with Things look different when they're done from rest. Would you stand? We're gonna we're gonna close out. I think I just want to ask. How many how many felt this was a word for you today? And let's just drive it home. Yeah, why don't you pray right now? The Lord just drives it home. That, 
that he seals this word with his Holy Spirit. And he keeps a greenhouse around it so that it, it grows and the temperature is just right and the precipitation is just right so that you prosper in this. Lord, teach us rest. Teach us rest. I pray that we dream of revelation dreams of rest, that you give us revelation as we sleep about rest. I pray that we would all actually rest when we sleep and that our minds would stop. Amen. We speak that over everyone here, that our minds would just rest when we sleep, that you would sing over us, that you actually are the ones that give us rest when we sleep. (laughs) Father, we speak rest over everyone here. No more worries. No more worries. There's no place for worry in rest. It's illegal. It's counterproductive to rest. If you can worry, you can meditate on God. It's the same muscle. (laughs) It's just pointed in the wrong direction. Yeah? Because worry is meditating on the wrong things. Just refocus. Shift it. No more worry, no more strife, no more toil. And Lord, as we enter rest, make us more productive than we've ever been. Let us see more produce with less effort. Because <laughs> we don't want to be lazy. We just want to do it the right way. We want to work smarter, not harder. <laughs> The old tool of fighting, it can get you a little bit of of growth and progress. But when you use the right tool, things go faster and get done right. The right tool is rest. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Well, if you need prayer for anything else, we have the healing banner for anyone that needs any kind of healing inside and out. Let me say this. The Lord is healing people Olin, other people in this room from the inside out. He told me that. He's healing from the inside out. I don't know what all that means yet, but the Lord's healing from the inside out. As our soul prospers, salvation banner, you need need salvation. Maybe you're here and you're not connected to God and everything that we just said, you're like, oh, I need that, I want that. If that's you, don't leave without saying, God, I want to be connected to you. There'll be people here at this banner. And then if you just need a miracle, Magic carpet's right here for you. You need something to shift. The people are moving into place now to pray with you. You need a miracle. You need a mountain to bow to the name of Jesus. We're going to see miracles happen through rest on our magic carpet. Right? Everybody else good? (laughs) So if you need prayer, come forward. Otherwise, happy Mother's Day. We love you. Be blessed. May you rest from here on out. May it become your atmosphere, your aura. (laughs) Sorry using some more magical words. God help me. Uh, Next, either Wednesday, we can have them by Wednesday. We'll have mats and we're ready for Wednesday. We love everybody. Be blessed. You're good people. You're good people. You're the best people in the world. The best people in the world right here. Find rest, my soul, in Christ alone. Know His love and quietness and trust.
just just rest for Belinda.